Being an artist probably comes from courage for me. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast where you get to listen in on some of my most interesting and personal conversations. I'm Sarah Samuel, and today we're talking about what it means to be an artist. I've always had a fascination with the word artist. It's a word that seems to have many layers and many varying meanings depending on who you talk to. To some, it's simply a profession, to others, an identity, even a compulsion. I first started talking to people about what it means to be an artist almost 10 years ago, long before I thought to record my conversations and turn them into a podcast. It was intriguing to me that some people didn't consider themselves artists when they were able to produce incredibly aesthetic and creative works of art, and in some cases were doing this regularly. In my experience, the term artist is a label that often invokes uncertainty, hesitation, and even insecurity, as if sacred and a sin to misapply. When I got the idea to create this episode, in which I ask people whether or not they consider themselves to be artists and what that means to them, I knew I would get varying answers, the way I always have. But I didn't expect the degree to which those answers would vary. So because of both the nuanced as well as the vast differences in response, I've decided to keep this conversation topic going for a little while. Over the next few episodes, you'll hear from a variety of people whom I've interviewed and discussed this topic with. Each conversation opens up a new angle, a more nuanced definition, and a deeper look into the role of creativity to the human spirit and the place that that role has in the society we've built. In my perfect world, everyone would call themselves an artist, but perhaps that's only because I am exploring what it means to call myself one. More on me in future episodes, but for now, let's hear from four individuals who have vastly different opinions on what it means to call themselves an artist. Up first, we have a professor of education and public policy who I met at my favorite coffee shop. He asked to keep his name anonymous, so I'll refer to him as the professor. So far in my conversations, he's the person who has the most stringent definition of what it means to call someone an artist, which makes sense considering that he's an academic and his sister is a successful professional artist whose work is epic and fantastical. You know, to me, it's one of those things like, uh, it's kind of like porn. You kind of know it when you see it, right? Wait, did you say it's kind of like porn, you know, when you see it? Yeah, right? Like, you, you know, there's the, the boundary isn't always, like, entirely okay. clear, okay. but... if there's, like, a sex scene in, like, a movie... If there's a sex scene, like, like, that, not that's obviously not porn, okay. right? Like, there's something about our, like, intuitions, I think, that allow us to kind of identify what, like, creativity is. Okay. Um, Do you think what, that's, like, an objective thing? I do think at some point, like, when it comes to aesthetics, um, our intuitions do uh, tend to, like, converge, um, at least when it comes to, like, the more low-hanging fruit. Okay. I think that one of the interesting things, like, when it comes to, you know, sort of, like, the postmodern perspective on things uh, is, like, those boundaries have become a lot more blurry, so maybe at that point they don't, so... You know, if I take a piece of paper and I just, like, spit on it and put, like, a line through it. I think I've seen uh, that in a museum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I have, too. So, um, certainly, I think you'd have a lot of, like, debate and controversy there. Um, but I think if you take someone um, that is, like, unambiguously an artist, um, like my sister, 
um, or you know some of the greats that have kind of withstood the test of time. Um, I think everyone's intuitions would converge at that point that they are an artist. Or if you take like a brilliantly, like an objectively brilliant musician, um, whether they are, you know, whether they are part of like your taste or not, whether you would listen to them on your own time or not, like I think at that point, everyone would generally appreciate that. Yeah. It's kind of like LeBron James. You might not like him, right, or Kobe Bryant, whatever, but like to say that that is not just an athletic craft and mastery would just be, you know, delusional. But then I guess my question is, like, what about a kid who plays high school basketball or who plays basketball on their driveway? Like, right. would you consider them a basketball player? Like, what, so transferring that or to an art, artist, like, like yeah, in like, their craft? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I do think that's kind of one of the unique things about sports is that people can generally objectively say, you know, if something is good or not. So do you think it requires what you make to be good in order to be considered an artist? Um, I mean... What what would make someone an artist? Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously, like, the, you know, the the big question here. What would make someone an artist? Uh, In a sense, I guess, like, it's in the eyes of the beholder to to some extent. Uh, But I just think those are... Up to the public to determine whether a person is an artist or not. Yeah, I mean, you can't just... It's like with everything else, right? You can't just walk around... Like, if you walk around saying that you're an artist, but it's not really confirmed or reinforced, like, in any context, then it doesn't really mean much, right? Like... Like, what kind of um, context you're some... would make it confirm? Like, I guess I'm wondering, like, who is the decider? Like, does do a certain number of people? Like, what if, like, your mom, like, loves your paintings, right, but, but no one else does? Yeah. Like, does that make you an artist? Uh, what yeah. if you're painting constantly, but no one likes it? I mean, look, it's, it, that's kind of like asking, um, you know, if your mom thinks you're cute, but no one else does, are you cute? <laughs> I, my, my answer to that is probably no. <laughs> but then the then the the view of the mom is just completely wrong or completely well you're you're just you know when you're talking well, about yeah you're talking about a completely different like you're talking about like a biological operating system that is not <laughs> meant to have any bearing on reality right at that point but what is reality other than just biological operating systems right at the co- at least at the collective <laughs> level uh, not at the individual level. Do you consider yourself an artist? Do I cons- I mean, I guess it would depend on how we define it. I mean, I do think that I have a craft that I'm developing, right? Like, as a researcher, as a scholar. Um, I think that um, I'm okay. I'm not, like, a master at it by any means. Um, <coughs> do I think I'm creative? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all kind of creative on a spectrum. I don't think there's anything mystical about being creative. Um, I think if someone practices and puts a lot of effort into whatever craft they choose to develop, they will become creative at some point. Um, Some of us have, you know, more kind of, you know, um, some of us are born with more advantages than others. Uh, I think that's definitely true. 
like skill and resources. Yeah, you know, we're we all have like ten dollars of bandwidth to spend. Some of us have that when it comes to maybe higher levels of IQ or intelligence. Um, others have it when it comes to social intelligence or socio-emotional intelligence. Um, I do think that it's you know this is all something we can individually work on. But you know if I spend the next 10 years of my life working on fine arts will I become anywhere near as good as my sister I think that's that's an interesting like question and that's like an empirical question and if we could run that experiment like I would totally you know sign on that dotted line well, not, not myself but to wa- watch you're it like unfold. I don't want to do that <laughs> Maybe you can I do think that. it's interesting, like, saying, like, oh, will I become as good as this other person and kind of putting this, like, hierarchy of goodness on mm. creativity and art. Because obviously right. some people, like, in my experience, some people are maybe they're very good, you know, at, cop- you know, painting. Let's just use painting as an example. Maybe they can paint something perfectly the way that it would look in real life. Mm. But are they creative? Mm. Like, are they, are they better at being an artist, quote-unquote, than, you know, they're better at that one skill. Mm. But are they better at being an artist than someone who, you know, like a Jackson Pollock? Like, I don't know if Jackson Pollock can paint realistic mm. paintings, you know? Mm. But that's not what he's known for. Okay, spoiler alert. I don't actually know anything about Jackson Pollock. Yeah. Um, and what he's known for is, you know, I think people would say, like, a child would make that. You know, yeah. Yeah. But people still, like, revel in his artistic ability and creativity. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that makes sense. And I think another piece to what constitutes an artist is just, like, the narrative um, around an individual, right? Like, their story. Um, But I do think in the end, like, you know, the question is, like, does the test of time kind of ultimately select for who enters the canon of being an artist, right? Like, if you think you are an artist, um, and maybe that's only confirmed by, like, your mother and your father, <laughs> um, you know, how is that going to be perceived in 10, 20, 30 years, right, once your mother and father are gone? Um, it doesn't mean that someone that doesn't make that canon is not an artist. Um, of course, there's a lot of, like, undiscovered yeah. creativity. So do you think that, like, um, an artist is more of, like, a... I don't know if like vocation is the right word more than like an identity there's certainly that and i i have noticed that the people that tend to call themselves artists repeatedly are the ones that are least likely to be so so <laughs> that are least just, likely to what they're the least likely to be uh, artists. artists yeah in your view well is that in my view yeah <laughs> Uh, I think I think that might be uh, kind of a universal when it comes to um, a lot of sort of trades. Um, if you're good, you don't really have to talk about yeah. how good you are. Uh, but that's just my hunch. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's true or not. Yeah. What do you think? About Just like, about that notion of if someone actually says... Like, that, I'm an artist? Yeah. I mean, I thought what you said about, like... The, um, the story, the narrative around a person is really interesting because I, in my view, or sort of what inspires me to talk about being an artist in general is like, I have a lot of friends who I consider so creative and they are creating art and I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. And, but they're not necessarily putting it out there. So they don't yeah. even really have the opportunity for someone else to say that it's good. But I see them as artists and they wouldn't necessarily consider themselves 
artists even at all. Mm. What about them makes them artists? They're Is it just I mean, I think literally? It's like the, they're making art. They're creative. They're in that kind of like zone of you know the way that they're seeing the world and they're processing it and they're producing something from what from their experience. Mm. I guess. I mean, that's one way to define it. I think it's really interesting the way that people define yeah. define it too, because it's like, yeah, art, is it just anyone who makes art? Mm. Is it anyone who makes art regularly? Is it anyone who's good at art, even if they're not really making it? You know, mm. someone can drop something perfectly, but they mm. don't really like to do it, and they don't do it, mm. and they love math, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Like, are nice. they still and not? And yeah, there's also like. Like you were saying, like your research and like all the things right. that you're doing are have creative elements and could be right. considered like in art form or, you right. know, it's not just, we can't limit it to just painting and drawing yeah. and pottery and things like right. that. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right about all of that. Like we all, I, I think we all have it in, in our brains, right? There's something very pleasing about creating things and we're all kind of born with that ability, but... I do think one of the, the dangers of kind of having a bucket that's too wide is that, and if you just kind of throw everything in that bucket is, how do you kind of differentiate like exceptional creativity or exceptional like artistic ability? Um, if it all kind of gets thrown into the same bucket, then what are we really like left with? We can say, all of these people are artists, um, which is fine, but then I think the next step would be to kind of say that there's levels to this thing, right? But how do um, you and not be scared, not be that's scared to talk about that. But that's what I'm wondering is how to determine the levels. Is it technical skill? Mm. Is mm. it amount of creativity? Because some people are like immensely creative, but they're not, you know, you wouldn't even necessarily compare like a painter to like a carpenter or something like that. Mm. You could compare carpenters to each other potentially, but maybe maybe they have similar skill levels but different styles. And so you would say, well, I think that's better. Maybe one person is doing things that have never been done before, and another person's really good at tech, the technical skill, right. but they're just repeating what they've seen. Yeah. And is that really, you know, is that are they still as good as the person who's like, you know, it's like, how are we? Yeah. How are we? sort of grading all of these different elements for sure no that that totally <laughs> makes sense I'm with you I've been I've been thinking about this for like 10 years like pretty regularly <laughs> yeah no I mean it's an interesting question I mean it's it's something I think about anytime like yeah. I step into a museum oh yeah and literally like half the stuff I'm like oh this is amazing especially like contemporary museums yeah. I'm like oh my god but what the hell is this yeah. like how did this make it in here yeah. And you wonder, though, it, I think it goes back to, like, the story, yeah, right? Yeah, the narrative is, like, a like, huge thing. Right, like, you know, I know in, in creative literature, for example, I took this creative literature class in college, and um, there was, like, a big debate in creative literature whether um, you should be able to, like, read a passage in a text with, with its context or without its context. Like, should it stand alone? Like, literally, if you just look at that piece of art or that piece of literature... It should stand alone and speak for itself. Yeah. Or does the context and story um, kind of... That's so fascinating. Yeah, so I think with art, it's the same thing. Because, I mean, I would argue, and, and, you know, you could probably run this experiment, but you take something from, like, a contemporary art museum that 
maybe on its face is not that impressive and you can just show it to people and ask them what their thoughts are. Yeah. You know, you can even create a different narrative around it, right? Say like, hey, uh, my you know five-year-old niece uh, painted this. Yeah. Like, what do you think? How much would you pay for this? Yeah. Like, how much is this totally. actually worth? Um, but of course, the narrative kind of changes everything yeah. around it. Which social is, media, yeah. Like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no. Which is what's interesting yeah. when you compare that to like tech, more like technical pieces, like a craftsman putting together, you know, like a solid wood yeah. bench or a bed. Yeah. Um, you can kind of quantify that. Yeah. I feel like in a yeah. more direct way. Yeah. But. You know, humans are humans. It's, we're storytellers, yeah. I think. It's kind of like, you know, I feel like it reminds me of just like even advertising and like, you right. know, brands. And do we think a brand is so great? It's like only because of the story that's been built around it. Is totally. it like, is that Gucci purse like really that right. awesome? No, or that whatever. totally makes sense, yeah. right? And yeah, I mean, definitely with art too. Like these things become kind of signals of status, right? Your knowledge of them. Um, your ownership of, of them. Um, so, uh, I don't know what what this all means in terms of our like human condition. Like if it's uh, if it makes it fun or just makes us like whack jobs <laughs> or just interesting. I don't know. <laughs> Professor's perspective is one that surprised me, and I've listened to the conversation over and over, gaining new insights each time. I've always thought of being an artist as a personal identity or even a disposition. So it never occurred to me that determining whether or not someone was an artist would be up to anyone other than that person. The idea that society would be the one to decide who is and isn't an artist is a fascinating perspective, and it makes sense. After all, most titles require some sort of degree, education, hours of experience, or some kind of agreed-upon requirements to be met, especially if that title refers to someone's job or role in a community. The professor puts a lot of emphasis on the finished product of an artist's work and the public perception of that product, and assumes that there's some sort of objective truth that the collective mind of humanity can tap into to determine whether or not an artwork is good. It makes me realize that maybe I don't fully believe in objectivity, or at least I don't believe it can be found by checking in with public opinion, especially about something like art. To me, the term artist refers both to someone's accomplishments as well as to their potential. The professor asks the question, if we have a bucket that's too wide, where everyone falls into the category of being an artist, then what are we left with? How do we differentiate between people if everyone is the same? But to me, there's no harm in calling everyone an artist, which is unique. With other titles, there could be negative consequences to a bucket too wide. For example, if we call everyone a doctor or a lawyer or a carpenter, there's obviously some skill and education that goes into those things that, if missing, could cause harm. But what harm does a bad artist cause? Maybe I'm missing his point, or maybe we just see things differently, and that's okay. This conversation about what it means to be an artist isn't about finding the right answer, but about getting a peek into people's lives and perceptions. I don't know about you, but hearing what other people experience and think not only helps me feel less alone, but also helps me clarify what it's like to be me. I also think this conversation with the professor is important because I believe his perception is one that lives in the collective consciousness, and perhaps this is why people are so hesitant to call themselves artists. Getting recognition, let alone approval and validation from the general public, is not an easy task. And aside from getting a large media following or exchanging money for your art, how is one to know whether or not they're an artist by this measurement? 
Now let's hear from Chelsea Hogan, one of my best friends, fellow improvisers, and founder of Museum Prov, a company that fuses museum education and improvisational comedy. She has a less strict but still very specific definition of what it means to be an artist, and much of it is actually in direct opposition of what the professor had to say. Do you consider yourself an artist? I actually do consider myself an artist, and it's been a long time coming, actually. Okay, So I've always thought of myself as somebody with artistic leanings, uh, and growing up I had a father who would always say, I have the mi- about himself, quote, I have the mind of an artist, but I don't really do stuff. Mm. And I sort of always just bought that as true because my dad would say it, and actually when I was a really little kid, he used to paint all the time. Uh, but then he didn't. He hasn't for a really long time. So growing up, I sort of was like, okay, that's a real thing. But then I started to think, that's not true. An artist makes stuff. <laughs> and so for a long time, I thought that I wasn't an artist because I, even though I felt like a creative person, I wasn't actively doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but now I, I call myself an artist. I work with artists, and I often will tell them that I'm an artist too. And everyone always assumes that that means that I, like, paint and do stuff with my hands. But I don't. But the thing is, like, I do regularly practice my art. Like, I am an improviser, and I rehearse at least once a week. I perform every other week at least, sometimes multiple times a week. And so it's a thing that I'm constantly doing. So I have revamped my definition to basically mean that an artist is somebody who makes art, who does art, and that's me. Um, if you stopped doing it, if you stopped doing improv or you stopped doing those things, would you then consider yourself not to be an artist? Yes, I would then consider myself not to be an artist if I stopped doing so. So you feel like it's something that is solely based on the expression or like the creation or activity of art, and yeah. that it can, it's not an identity necessarily, but like... Um, yeah, I think of it as a as a practice, like it's a practitioner. Like for me, a writer writes. Like I sometimes hear people say like, oh, I've got the mind of a writer, I've got the soul of a writer, like kind of like what my dad had said. But like a writer writes, you know? And I think another thing that sort of crept into my definition is that you don't have to be good at the thing yeah. to be the thing. Yeah. Like, you could be a bad writer, but if you write... Like, my ex-boyfriend was a writer. He wasn't a bad writer. He was a really good writer. But he wrote every single day. He had, like, a word limit. He had something like a 2,000-word limit, and he hit every single day. And there, for me, there is something about... I guess maybe, like, I don't practice my art every day, but I practice it often, and I'm... Like, if I were con- if I were even just rehearsing and not performing, I think it would be hard to call myself an improviser because the performing of it. And therefore not an artist. Yeah. Yeah, I think an artist makes art. What do you think about the people who say that they have, like, the soul of a writer or the soul of an artist or that they feel that way inside but don't express it? Like, what it, like, um, yeah, does that, yeah. is that different than someone who doesn't feel that way or do you think everyone feels that way? Yeah, that's a good point, right? I think that some people have, like, creative like artistic or like offbeat personalities yeah um but they don't yeah they don't make that's where I am with my definition right now yeah 
we will see. Because maybe, I mean, potentially someday I will be on the other side of this and yeah. maybe I won't be improvising anymore and I'll get to speak on how I feel. Then. Yeah. But I think, I think I'm probably going to say that I would, I would say I'm not an artist anymore. Like, I work with artists. I'm creative. I... Like, I think I just would use other words. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. You're welcome. This has been Chelsea Hogan. And now, one of your art... Uh, one of your art expressions, reading from a children's book. This is called I Like Myself by Karen Beaumont. I like myself. I'm glad to be me. There's no one else I'd rather be. Okay, that last part was just for fun. Is reading from a children's book really considered art? Who's to say, really? But I like Chelsea's definition of what it means to be an artist. Simple and to the point. An artist makes art. A writer writes. It's pretty clear. Or is it? I'm still not entirely clear on what it means to do something quote-unquote regularly. But perhaps we'll revisit that concept later in another conversation. Now let's hear from Erica Young, another friend of mine who considers herself an artist and, like Chelsea, has battled multiple definitions of the word to finally be able to call herself one. Do you consider yourself an artist? And what does that mean to you? Yes. (laughs) Um, But that's always been kind of a struggle just from kind of like what people socially accept an artist as. And I've heard different things, like, I remember I had a friend tell me, like, oh, you're not an artist unless you actually make a living off of what you do as as an art. And so that made me go, oh, I'm not, like, I'm not an artist. But I, like, easily, like, fall into, like, what people say. So, you know, it's like, (laughs) I'm like, what, who, you know, what does he know? And so, um, so when I, like, really come down to it, yes, because I do have, things to show for where I'm like, yeah, like, I'm really proud of this. And that was, you know, like, something very personal for me or very, like, there's, like, a lot of um, attachment to it, mm-hmm. which I feel like that's what art is. And so... Like, so creating yeah. something and being attached to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something and not letting it go. Right, exactly. So I remember, like, being a kid and I would draw pictures all the time and... If, like, one of my friends wanted it or something, I was always, like, uh, really weird about, like, I didn't want to let something that I made go because it was, I was just so attached to it. Yeah. So, I remember in class one time, it was, like, fourth grade, and we all had to draw, like, pictures related to Christmas time, and then we put them on the wall, and everyone had to go and pick someone else's to take home and I refused to let someone take my home. Like I was freaking out and crying. Like I was like, no, it's mine. You know, I was like, yeah. why would you do that? Like, <laughs> so yeah, it was always like very personal to me to like to have that. And so it was always more of a hobby. It wasn't really something I wanted to do to like give my art away and sell it. Yeah. So that was another struggle. Like, well, you know, what, what does that mean for me as an artist? Because um, you feel like you don't want to give it away, but you also don't want to sell it. Yeah, so most artists, like, sell their work. Right. <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't know. Um, and then... Uh, Is it because you don't want to, like, let it go? Like, what if you made something and then you made, like, prints and sold, like, the prints? Would you feel like okay about that? Yeah, so that's, As like, long as you get to keep something. Right, yeah, like, keeping the original and, like, selling the prints. And that's something I thought of, too. But I just never really pursued it seriously. Mm-hmm. Um 
So, so yeah, that's, that's a little different. So you went to art school. <laughs> well, I took, uh, I was an art major in school. I never finished okay. school. So I did, um, drawing and painting. Um, I did art history. Uh, I started ceramics, dropped out. <laughs> like I definitely like started art classes and would drop out. Did you feel like you were an artist during that time when you were studying it? Yes, but I, I always had teachers that, like, I just couldn't agree with. And so that was really hard, In too. Um, well, teachers are always just, like, super technical and, like, want you to do something one way. And I guess, I, I guess that was, like, my issue was I was there to just, like, create and have fun and, like, be expressive, mm-hmm. which an artist is. And so I had one teacher, like, uh, I had figure drawing and he, like, came up and drew on my paper. Like, I'm like, wait, this is my drawing. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know, like, that just, like, what? So um, I ended up dropping that class. <laughs> so I just had this, like, very, like, I felt rebellious in that way, but I wasn't, like, a rebellious person. Like, I was just like, no, I just want to do it this way. So I, I had that, like, struggle. Did you, like, what did other kids in your classes I guess like did you guys talk about being artists or like did you talk about what that meant or I'm sure I'm sure the teacher like at some point did but I don't really remember it's been a while since I've been in school um but I always remember I could pin out the people that could like or that were like really really good or like just really talented and it was they were always like it was obvious like everyone knew they were, like, the teacher's favorite always, and it's just, like, okay. You know, like, it's super annoying. I remember um, one guy in painting, he would, like, go outside, and he had, like, um, instead of the brush, he would use the little palette knife. So his, like, art was, like, so, like, like lobby and, like, expressive, and all the girls loved him. And it was just, like, you know, my teacher was always, like, oh, he's, he's definitely going to art school, and, like, you know, all this stuff. I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like I can't, like, get over yourself. And then in my figure drawing class, there was one guy that just could sketch the person in, like, seconds. And it was it was amazing. You know, my teacher would always, like, rave about him. But it was, like, I don't know. Like, at some point, like, you, you have to, like, be able to, I don't know. You can't, like, show that you have favorites, I feel like, in a class like that. <laughs> that just kind of sucks for everybody else. And you just, like, yeah. feel like you're not, like, you know, even if you know you're not doing as great, you're, like, you're trying. You're, like, yeah. trying to, like, get there. What about, so you do photography now? Yes. And like, what is, what is it that draws you to photography? And is it different than like, what drew you to painting and drawing and stuff? It's like, it feels totally different. Yeah. And I feel that I'm able to call myself an artist more now that I'm doing photography. Why? Um, Because it's something I actually do feel more passionate about. Um... I did with drawing and painting, but there was a, a point where I think um, I just wasn't as in it anymore. And then I was kind of like in this rut, and then my mom had this camera. She's like, do you want this? And so I just started using it, and I tried a class, and then I just fell in love with it. So it's something now that I find is a lot less work in a way. For me, I think something about drawing or painting, t- for me, just felt like it took a whole lot more work. Um, and not to say that photography is 
photographers don't work hard. But um, there was just something more like, oh, I can actually get out in the world and, like, take photos versus, like, oh, I'm in my room and I'm, like, trying to draw this thing or whatever. Um, it's more isolating. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And you mentioned, like, when you draw, you were like, I'm, I was really good at drawing things, <laughs> like, cartoons or, like, as they were, kind of, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, I would copy it exactly yeah. just by looking at it. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting because that's, like, what photography does. Oh, interesting. I like, never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that impulse is, like, the same of huh. wanting to capture something. I don't... Like, yeah, so I guess what is it that draws you yeah. to create or, like, do you feel like it's something that you're creating or curating or, ex- like, something inside of yourself that you're expressing or, like, what is it that draws you to do art in whatever way? Um, well, I think the best way to explain it, I think is when I when I would do okay let's say I would do a painting and I literally have a painting that took me a whole semester to finish like and you like well I just get kind of this like rush from it like a high like once it's once it's like complete and done I'm like oh, this is amazing and I feel so good about it right and then I get that same feeling with a really good photo but I can do that way faster and like get a bunch of them you know so there's like something more like oh my gosh I can do this all the time I can probably make a career out of it. Like, there's just something more to that for me where where a painting was, like, that thought, like, oh, this is a lot more work to, like, mm-hmm. get that finished product. And a lot of times, I mean, you, you can take, like, 100 photos and one out of those 100 is amazing. And with painting, it's just a lot more, like, I do have, like, <laughs> canvases that are just, like, to me, they're just, like, shit. You know, like, I'm never going to finish this, you know? So there's something more to photography that I love about that. Like, I can just go out today and go take a bunch of photos, and I'll probably like a few of them <laughs> versus setting up a canvas and everything. And sure, like, I do wish I still had that, like, little painter in me that wanted to do that, but it's just, like, you know, it's it was more of a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of work, I guess. Painting is, like... The canvas and the paints and the mess and like the yeah. whole thing. And photography is like, if well, I guess in the past you could use. I mean, you could still use a dark room, I guess. But you don't have to. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that, that is that days. is a lot of work for yeah. sure. And I've only done digital, so it is it is easy. Yeah. Um, but learning film is a whole nother ball game, and I want to do that eventually. But right now, I yeah. just I'm having fun doing it, so I'm just gonna like take that and run with it. Like, yeah. You know? Totally. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, satisfying to get that finished product and be like, yeah. My work <laughs> is complete. <laughs> yes. I, I, when you were talking, it made me think of this painting that I saw at, like, a art fair or something that was, like, a stadium. It was, like, a big painting of a stadium. And he, the, per, the artist had painted, like, so much detail. Like, each person like in the stands was like Whoa. painted in some way they might have just been dots but it even if they were just dots it was like so many of them oh and I just God. kept thinking like this person sat like in his <laughs> studio or room or whatever and just like painted this for hours and hours oh my gosh <laughs> like, yeah how because <laughs> I feel and like sometimes I think of this too like there's the also like the excitement about the finished product but then also like 
the enjoyment of the mm-hmm. process of it, I guess. Yeah. And so you're saying, like, you enjoy the process of, like, going out and taking pictures and kind of, like, seeing what inspires you? Yeah, that's actually... Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm like, you answered that for me. <laughs> that's really good. No, because I, I do like the process of that. I like going and taking the photos mm-hmm. and going back and going through them and editing them mm-hmm. versus... You know, starting a painting and knowing midway through, I hate it. And, you know, and that's, like, really tough to enjoy the process when you're like, wait, I worked on this for so many hours and now I hate it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because you can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really feel that with, yeah. with like, visual art. I feel like I've never yeah. really gotten into it that much. And I think it matches more of, like, this kind of modern day and age where it's just everything's, like, quick. Everything's so mm-hmm. fast. Um it just kind of like matches that style, I guess. And sure, there are still people that are painters and drawers, and that's amazing. Like it just it does take so much patience. So mm-hmm. I really admire that. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I feel like they enjoy it in a way that yeah, there's something more there's to gotta it. be <laughs> yeah. But also, I think a lot of people, a lot of artists, kind of figured it out young, mm. and we're like, oh, this is my thing. I'm going to do this, you know, and so they kind of found their thing where my art was very kind of all over and I was trying different things. And so I think there was a struggle there trying to like perfect one thing, get it down Mm -hmm. where like with photography, you can kind of like dive into different, um, there's like genres and everything. Um, but I can kind of see like what I like most, you know, sure I can try something, but there's less risk, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But you always, like, did art. So I feel like you always, like... Yeah. You have that drive in you, it sounds like, where you just have to create stuff. Mm-hmm. There was all... Yeah, that was always there. That was always, like, a want. But it took a while. Like, I, I stopped. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of dropped out of school and just worked or traveled. And then, like, I felt like I had writer's block, but I were, like, an artist. <laughs> so... It wasn't until I like picked up a camera and was like, oh, this could be like my new thing. Mm. And it just kind of stuck. Erica's story is, I'm sure, a familiar one to many artists. The impulse to create and the exploratory journey to find what form that creativity wants to take is a common narrative and one I personally relate to. I thought it was interesting that she said that she didn't want to part with the art she was making. And I also thought what she said about her art classes was interesting. To Erica, art is personal, and creativity and personal style sometimes get lost in translation in an art class when there's a teacher or authority figure judging the art. After all, aesthetics are at least somewhat subjective, and who's to really say whether or not something is good? This conversation with Erica also made me think about the concept of picking a specific art form. She said photography made her feel more like an artist than painting and drawing did. So I wonder, do certain art forms click with certain people and engage their creativity more than others? That seems obvious because many artists do pick only one or two art forms to practice, whether it's music or painting or writing poetry. And I think back to what Chelsea said about calling herself an artist because she practices improv regularly. I also practice improv regularly, but it doesn't really make me feel like an artist. It doesn't engage my creativity in a way that makes me feel artistic. 
But for example, creating this podcast really makes me feel like an artist because it invokes my creativity in just the way that I like it, fusing things like shared ideas and reflection and collage, like putting a puzzle together to create something meaningful, accessible, and new. I think it's interesting to know which kinds of art make people feel like artists and which kind of art just feel like something that they're doing, like how I feel with improv. Now let's hear a completely different perspective. Remember Sophie Sheesh, my stepmom and founder of Shape House? She was in my episode one about intuition, and she's back to talk about what it means to her to be an artist. One of the ideas that I've been wanting to talk about is the idea of like being an artist. Uh-huh. Um, so like, I guess my first question would be, do you consider yourself an artist? A hundred percent. And what does that mean? I... <laughs> You're all over the place tonight. I love it. Being an artist probably comes from courage for me Mm. and linked to a certain original way that I put my thoughts together Mm. or my wrapping paper together or my furniture together or an actual painting that I may paint. It's it's the same process. It's the, um, the following, the trusting, the following of something that is not the way that it's usually done. Mm. And, and if it has been done that way, then it's adding something that's not, that I've not seen. I mean, maybe it's been done, but it's not something that's part of my psyche. That's to me, an artist is someone who can either take what is and do something different with it or better with it or different with it. Or someone that just all of like, I think Shape House is an act of art. Mm. Like, how did I create this place was very much the result of like, I have this desire to have a home where people could come and feel better about themselves and feel better physically and emotionally and spiritually, blah, blah. And then I started following this, like, and everybody was saying, it's like, that's never been done. It's never going to work. And I was like, no, it's because it's never been done that it really could work Mm. because it doesn't exist. And so I think there's something in the artist. I mean, I might argue that everybody is an artist and that somehow what you've done with your life has allowed your artist to express itself Mm. or not. Mm. Like, I don't know that I would dare to say some people are not artists. To me, it's like the very act of the fact that you have a tool to think and you have a body that you can do things with and create things with your hands. Like by definition, you have the potential to do it. Now, do you develop the courage? Do you develop the breaking through what you were told as a child? Like I know I was, I know I was told as a child a lot that my brother was the artist Mm -hmm. and I was smart. So he thinks he's an idiot and I think I'm not an artist (laughs) for a long, long time. And then one day I was working with this woman who's an art therapist she was doing a a, 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 pro, a process to to um, allow ourselves to become more in touch with our artistic mm-hmm. expression. And, and I remember sitting there like crying and saying like, I'm not an artist. I don't know how to draw a face. And my brother does. And she was like, okay, well, he draws faces the way he draws faces. How do you draw faces? Mm-hmm. And I remember her going down this thing of like, what you see and the way you see it, nobody sees it like that. That's what makes you an artist. Mm-hmm. Not someone that, like, first of all, the fact that you can draw a face is not that interesting because you can take a picture of a face and that's probably a better drawing to begin with. So it's not that interesting. But the fact that I'm able to paint a face that speaks to some inner pain that makes that his eye is, like, much higher than the other eye or whatever, that's, you know, the thing Picasso, obviously. It's kind of like what he, the way he saw what he saw, I mean, he knew how to paint a face really well, but that's not what was interesting to him. And his expression became his own and that's what I'm interested in I'm interested in like when I watch people either do something or or speak about something and I kind of see them just follow tracks that 
exist. And that's the way we traditionally talk about that. It's like, I'm, I'm bored out of my mind. It's like, I just want to shake them and be like, what do you think? Like, what's going on inside you? That would be a contribution that's an artistic mm. thing that no one's ever said, you know? I love that. Where does the courage come in? So c courage has a beautiful root in French that um, doesn't translate in English, so I'll, I'll do it for you. But So courage has C-O-U-R, which in French is cœur, which is the heart, and then A-G-E, which is agir, which means to be in action. And so really courage is the notion of putting your heart in motion, in action towards something. And so really we've kind of diverted the way we use courage here. Um, because all it is is that when something happens, you, you, you dare to take a step, like you, you dare to go towards it mm. as opposed, like when I heard the ideas of Shape House inside of me, I could have run away like a freaking rabbit and I didn't. It's like, that's courageous for me. That's a very courageous act to hear something, particularly when nobody believes in it. And that could be for the way you cook. It's like, you want to put something together that nobody's ever put together. That's like the most artistic <laughs> thing, you know? And so the courage is to not abandon mm. that. And I think the more you trust it and the more, like the reason I was able to do Shape House is because before that I did, I flipped houses and people loved what I did. And the reason I did that is because before that I was writing articles that people really loved. And before, like, I think you build your own confidence by doing something. Like a lot of people have these dreams and they write it down in their journal and that stays there. You know, well, that's, nobody's going to have an opinion about that. Like I put my neck out and sometimes I get my neck cut off, you know, quite literally, <laughs> not literally, <laughs> not literally at all. But um, I love the way we use literally completely the opposite of literally, literally, literally not. No head. So to me, it's kind of like a, um, an act of courage to hear something. And we go back to the conversation about intuition for that, because it has something to say around it has something to do with something that's being said inside you and the way you would follow a friend you would follow that while the professor chelsea and erica talked mostly about the practice of doing art and the outcome of that practice sophie brings in a new component courage newness intuition the connection to oneself to one's surroundings to one's universe to sophie being an artist isn't about practicing an art form in fact she puts more emphasis on the formless than the form it's not the practice of the craft that makes someone an artist, but the practice of being courageous enough to follow our instincts and intuition, to trust our own unique perception, and to engage our creativity, no matter what form that creativity takes in any given moment. As I listen back to these conversations over and over and over again while I edit, it makes me wonder, why do I care about this so much? What difference does it make if people call themselves artists? Why am I parsing the definition, trying to find the inner meaning of it all? And I guess the reason it means so much to me is that I think the way we define ourselves and label ourselves is indicative of the way that we perceive ourselves. And I think the way we perceive ourselves influences the actions we take, the thoughts we think and believe, and the way we move around this world. Like Sophie said, she was labeled as the smart one and her brother as the artist, and it left her brother feeling dumb and her feeling like she wasn't creative at all for a long time. But she is creative, and she's created many, many things. She's flipped houses, she started a business, she paints and draws and collages, and is one of the most creative people that I know. And I believe that being creative is inherent to being human. Alan Watts says, you are the Big Bang. You are the original force of the universe manifesting as whoever you are in the moment. You define yourself as Mr. or Mrs. or Miss so-and-so, but you're actually the primordial energy of the universe that's still in process. It's just that you learn to define yourself as something separate. 
primordial energy of the universe that he's talking about is a creative energy. So you are also a creative energy. What could be a more important thing to talk about than that? <laughs>